0: Welcome back to As I Live in Grieve. Hope everyone's been doing well. It's another week and I have another great guest for us. Today we're going to talk about music. And our guest today is Greg Halpin. Greg, thanks so much for joining me today.
1: Hi, I am so happy to be here to talk about what you talk about, which is grief.
0: <laughs> right, right. And
1: everything in between.
0: <laughs> right. Before we get started, I think this is going to be a great conversation, uh, meaningful for many people for many reasons. But would you just give our our listeners a little bit of your background, please?
1: Yes. So I have a strong background in musical theater, professional music theater. I'm a singer, solo show performer, and a creativity coach. And I have extensive experience in the realm of loss, (laughs) Um, which is, you know, it's pretty much lot of life lessons. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. I mean, there's a lot in between all of that. I'm a multi-faceted creator, creative, which I, which means I do like, I have my creativity hands dipped in many, many mediums.
0: Right. Sometimes people don't think that creativity can cross so many mediums. Yes. Or is it media at that point? My Latin's media. coming back to you. Uh, at any that's- rate, you know, when, when I think of creativity, I think usually of writing or art. But certainly, music is a form of art, and I know that's going to come across. And there are many other forms of creativity as well. We just don't often think of them. You're a creativity coach. What does that mean?
1: Well, for me, a creativity coach is either um, helping somebody navigate the ins and outs of fear And trying to get to the, you know, center of what that is. So they're able to, you know, bring self-actualize their creative goals or, you know, like I, I talk about this a lot, that creativity doesn't necessarily mean that you're a painter, you're an actor, you know, it doesn't have to be that. Like you can manage, you could be an executive manager or an assistant in a corporation and still use creativity to help to help you communicate with your you know with your workers and you can you can do that through improvisation taking improv classes like every every person from every walk of life is starting to take improv classes because of how <clears throat> how much it opens you up
0: really huh mm-hmm. improv classes i think would be fun when you mention being like an executive in a business I immediately thought of that thinking out of the box thing. And that is a form of creativity. Mm -hmm. And also, I know that sometimes there are managers that all of a sudden they will just tell everyone in their office to stand up and they'll do some stretching or do some yoga or something. They're trying to interact with their employees in a different way. That also is creativity. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. You also mentioned uh, a lot of losses and grief, as we all know, and we've discussed before with many of our guests, that grief isn't always about the death of a loved one. Certainly that's probably the first idea that comes to people's minds, but it can be loss of anything. Loss of your marriage in a divorce, for example. It could be loss of a job, loss of the college that you really, really wanted to go to and they didn't accept you for some reason. And we've also talked about how post-pandemic, almost everyone, I believe, almost everyone in the entire world is grieving the loss of something. So, with all the losses you've had and knowing that our topic today is music, do you believe that music can be key in alleviating some of those symptoms of grief?
1: Absolutely. I think music can help. I mean, I think... The grieving process does happen immediately, which uh, whether a person realizes it or not. But I think music can help move along grief, the grieving process. Even though there's no there's no expiration date on when you're supposed to stop grieving, because you can exactly. grieve loss forever. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think music can help definitely help move that along and help soothe certain areas of it.
0: Right, right. For me personally, and and I've said I, I lost my husband, Tom, well, about a week ago, it was five years. So it's been five years since he died. And I still grieve him. My grief has changed considerably since a few days after his death, certainly. And for Tom and I, music was very important. He loved the oldies. So anytime I hear certain oldies, of course, I immediately think of Tom. And it might prompt maybe a dance we were at or an annual meeting, uh, a gala or something like that. And I will, I will have those memories instantly. If I hear the song Lara's theme, I think immediately of my parents who loved mm-hmm. to dance. My father loved the waltz. Both my parents are gone. So I still grieve them. That memory helps because it reinforces that memory doesn't make me cry. Now, it used to. And Mm -hmm. almost any piece of music will prompt some emotion in me. So how does music tie in with emotions? What is there about music that makes you either think of something or feel something?
1: That's, That's an interesting question. I think most definitely, like when you hear a song, that's tied to something from the past that you think about that and that resurrects um, a feeling Mm -hmm. um, of some sort. Like when I hear the song, September song, it's an oldie. um, I think of my mom because my, I mean, I attribute my singing talent from my mom because her voice was just beautiful. And I always like, well, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have this voice. So she never really got to do what she wanted to do with singing, so she mm-hmm. set up this karaoke machine in her um in her house, and she just had like it was like a little professional sounding studio, but it oh, wasn't re- <laughs> yeah, so she recorded all the time and she sang one of the songs was september song, and so that every time I hear that song, I think of my mom mm-hmm. and and i think of she recently passed from Dementia, And so that right. brings that feeling up and it helps me to work through some of the unresolved emotions that I have around her dying and around right. growing up and stuff. So, yeah, music is dynamic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And different types of music, as I was mentioning, can provoke different emotions. If I want, oh, usually once a year I take a couple weeks. And I spend that time just doing some introspection. And I really think about, you know, what I've done over the last year. What did I not do? What do I feel I should have done? And I try to set some goals for myself in that aspect. Like this year for me personally, this is my memory making year. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to find experiences that I can share with my loved ones that will prompt them to have memories once I'm gone. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We recently, the family recently went to Jamaica on vacation. And I am trusting that at some point in the future, after I'm no longer around, one of the boys, Nathan or AJ, will remember the time that grandma took them all to Jamaica on vacation, and they'll remember some of the fun they had. So this is my memory-making year. It's also very connected to music because Nathan is a guitarist, and he is now in a band, and the band is just working on their first set, and they've got a couple of gigs coming up and everything. So music is going to be very happy. It's going to be a, a great chance. But if I want to relax and do that introspection, I generally will listen to classical music, but it will be certain classical music. It'll be a certain pace. It'll be a certain tone. It might, depending on my mood, might be in a major key or it might be in a minor key because a minor key generally is a sadder sound for me Mm -hmm. personally. And I think that's the intention of most composers. If they want something to be a little sadder, they tend to use that minor key. Am I on the right track here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think those those keys, minor and major keys, are they do they both do something in right. terms of um what kind of memor what kind of feelings come up.
0: Right, right. Like
1: it could be a scary, you know, it could be a scary sound too. Oh
0: yeah, I remember <laughs> the theme from Jaws. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a good one. And yes. and even certain instruments. Now, when I was in high school, I played clarinet. Before that, I played piano. I'm not a singer. I have a, what my mother would call a choir voice. I have a good supporting voice for a chorus in the background, but I don't have a soloist's voice. So I went the instrument way. But for me, again, differences, personal experience. If I hear an oboe, I might feel a certain way. If I hear a saxophone, I think of jazz. If I hear trumpets, I think of marching bands. So all of those things, for me personally, make a difference in my life. Mm -hmm. So as we grieve, if someone is stuck in grief, I like to kind of urge them to get up off the couch. They might pick a song, say, from Footloose and start (laughs) dancing. I love that movie. You know, in, in their own home where no one can see them, no one can judge. Just start moving and start moving to some of that music. And if you can do this, if you can motivate yourself to do it, I believe it can help you because it will help you keep moving a little bit. Maybe while you're in the kitchen trying to figure out what you want to cook for yourself because you know you have to eat. Maybe you could play another song, whatever. If you want to sit on the couch and be sad and give in to your grief, play something sad. Certainly, certainly. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions for people on what they might play in different situations?
1: Uh, I don't know. That's interesting. I think it all depends on what you know, what gels with them the most. Like if i I was born in the seventies and kind of grew up in the eighties and then the nineties as a young adult. And I, a lot of times I pull from the 90, from the 80s, you know, like Cyndi Lauper, uh, right? wham, wham, and all those, and even some new wave music. I mean, when I hear certain, like Careless Whispers, um uh, was on TV the other day, and every time I hear that song, it reminds me of somebody that I dated, and it was really intense. And that song just, it kind of brings tears to my eyes, because I think mm-hmm. that was like the first time. I fell in love, and so, yeah, so that song is so powerful to me, right um but I think I think sometimes we can listen to music, and depending on what the mood is and the music like like for instance, if a person is grieving and, like you said, sitting on the couch and feeling sorry for themselves and just really in that, I think it's important to stay away. From sad songs, songs about longing, songs about songs that just pull you into that emotional place of like, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's just so intense because that I mean there's a time and place for it, but that that music will keep you there, right that will keep you in that in that space of like I'm just going to keep isolating i'm just going to keep you know walk, binge watching TV and I'm going to just right. keep. Binging on food,
0: <laughs> uh huh. Food you don't have to cook because you don't feel like doing anything.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. What
0: do you think about? And this just kind of, as we're talking, this just kind of came to me uh, in a thought. What do you think about creating a playlist that maybe starts out with some of the sadder, maybe a couple sadder songs, and then progresses to mm. something more cheerful, more. Movement oriented that just makes you want to, and maybe before you realize it, you, your toes will be tapping. Mm. That would be an interesting playlist, wouldn't it?
1: I think so, and it would be a great like tool for somebody like to consciously use, right? That they know, okay, I'm going to start with this song, and then I know I'm going to, I have to move to the next one. I have right. to move to the next one. I think that's brilliant. I think maybe we
0: work. could market that.
1: Yeah, maybe you
0: and I could market that. Yeah, it just kind of occurred to me because generally, if you're, if you like music at all, mm-hmm. I think that, that you kind of relax and let your mind go with the music, mm-hmm. whether it prompts memories or emotions or whatever, but your mind just kind of carries you along. So if the songs gradually change in tempo, in key, things like that, and even lyrics, it might help you. Get up off the couch.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I like. I that. think. I, yeah, that's a great idea, and I love the mixtape name you, too. Because yeah. I, I, I agree. Like I come from that time when it was called a mixtape when you actually right. had a cassette tape. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah, and you'd listen to it from one end to the other. And now yes. it's a playlist that can have endless number of songs on it. But mm-hmm. I think we might have something there, Greg. I really do.
1: I think so, too. We should definitely look into that.
0: Right. And if you were going to suggest for someone who's just kind of stuck
1: in grief
0: and said that one of their loves was music, do you have any thoughts about what you might suggest for them in the realm of creativity? Um, What might they do?
1: This is really dear to me because I think for a very long time I was stuck in the grieving process. And this was like literally most of my life because of childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. And so, and what I noticed that kind of works for me is if I, even if the person's not a singer, if they don't think they're a singer, I would like recommend joining a choir Mm -hmm. or um, taking voice lessons just without expectation, just for like fun, you know, go in there and do that and so i think creativity wise i think someone who is not musically inclined should do that they should join a choir or they should take voice lessons or just do something that's just very personal to them something Mm -hmm. that means something and sometimes sometimes like i would work with a client and i would have them i would kind of like help them navigate through what that means to them like so if if i was going to introduce music and use that as a possible uh healing tool we would come and we would arrive at a place where they they came up with it you know they okay they would um like do music but what does that look like to you
0: okay all right how will that
1: how will that work for you
0: sure and i you know i i can imagine i can picture someone who's angry deciding to take up drums for example uh, <laughs> um, yes but th- th- that's a very interesting perspective and the other component of that is that by joining something they surround themselves with other people they're not isolating anymore mhm and the hardest step is to go the first time but i you know i almost guarantee that if you can bring yourself to do that you're moving in the right direction you really are whether it's playing piano maybe you always wanted to play the piano maybe your mother or your grandmother used to play and you loved hearing them my father used to play the piano but he <laughs> he pretty much only used the black keys and when you know when I and I took piano lessons so I was of course using all of the keys but when I would ask him dad why do you do that and he also he couldn't read music he would play by ear and he was in a barbershop quartet my dad had the singing voice but when I said why are you using only the black keys he said there aren't as many of them That, (laughs) that was his rationale but uh you know whatever whether it's playing an instrument whether it's singing there are many opportunities out there in your community, I think, for either learning an instrument and joining a community band, maybe one that marches and parades, or joining a chorus or a choir. There are also many community theater groups now, I think. I was say they're, that, yeah. they're starting to come back after the pandemic. And I mean, come on. We all know that a Broadway show, come on. That's, that's uplifting. Yeah, there are some, some sad songs in them. But generally speaking, when you think of Broadway, you think of fun. You you really do. You think of
1: When that overture starts, even before the curtain opens, you're like, oh, it's cathartic. Very cathartic. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And we all know, too, that even if you don't feel you have a singing voice, you can sing in the shower.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) You know. Yes, yes.
0: And if not instrument or voice, (laughs) maybe you want to take up dance.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: That would get you moving as well. Mm -hmm. So there are many components to the fact that music in some form can help you through the Mm -hmm. grieving process, I believe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The first and important thing is getting you up off that couch and getting you out with other people. It's your choice what Mm -hmm. you do with it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, in any way, shape, or form,
1: yeah, it starts with the choice, the yeah. decision, and that's often the hard part for a long for sure time I, for a long time, I didn't listen to music. I mean, I love music, and for a long time, i just I was resistant mm-hmm. towards turning the music on and then, when I started listening to music again, whether it was Patty Lapone or was something from the eighties, mm-hmm. as soon as I started listening to that music, my body came alive. I like I was like, oh my god, I miss music so much. Does. It does. So it does. it's like it's magical.
0: Yeah. What do you think music does to your brain? Any thoughts? I know you're not yeah. a scientist. So, I'm not <laughs> asking you to publish a paper, but what do, why do you think music can be so uplifting?
1: Well, the cerebral cortex. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think it just it's it if i were to make an educated guess or just like in my opinion i think music just um awaken or it activates parts of your brain that are not that active and it kind of does something to the neurons and the electricity that flows through your brain Mm -hmm. i think it just like it does something to that it does it's like when you give somebody Uh, somebody's car, a jump, the jumper cables. (laughs) So it's like the jumper, jumper cables are connected to the music. And then the other part to your brain. So when the music starts, you're like, Oh, that's, something's happening to my body. I'm Mm -hmm. becoming more alive.
0: Yeah. More times than not, I will find myself, my toe tapping or I will find myself focusing on the rhythm, the tempo or something and not even realize it's happening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I realized what's going on and I thought, did anybody see my shoe move or my, you know, my toe <laughs> tap or whatever? But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it just prompts, it, it kind of brings you out, I think. And that's yeah. what I was referring to earlier when I said, I think your brain just kind of goes with the music until eventually it becomes more of a conscious thought mm-hmm. that you're actually listening to the music. When I was grieving um, shortly after my husband's funeral, I shut myself off from music, and music's always been key in my life. So I found, like you, that when I started listening to it again, and I started with classical again, uh, from being in a band and an orchestra, that for me, I could hear all the layers in it. I could hear you know, the, the flutes, and then I could hear the basses, and I could hear the percussion. I could hear Mm, all the layers mm. because that's the experience I've had with music for others. You just kind of go along with it. So whether you are grieving the death of someone you love or whether you're just angry because you lost a job, Hey, there used to be a song called take this job and shove it. (laughs) And I and I remember a lot of people angry about their job, you know, Mm. would say that or, or like Dolly Parton's nine to five. Mm -hmm. there's all kinds of songs out there for most anything any mood you have all you have to do is search a bit Mm -hmm. and music can help you i think in just so so many ways what do you think about in the realm of our our teenagers our younger generation the music Mm -hmm. they listen to with some of the lyrics they listen to some of the Concepts and everything. Do you think a lot of them are listening to it because they're grieving too? Especially after the pandemic. Are they grieving like when they couldn't be with their friends, when they couldn't go to the mall? Is that, do you think, does that have any impact on the type of music they're listening to?
1: I think it does. I think it's so difficult though with teenagers because they're like, they're just coming into this, different kind of awareness about ind- independence and pushing boundaries
0: right
1: and such um so i think the i think teenagers ha- do that when there's when there's a traumatic thing happening mm-hmm. they definitely turn to music i think music and teenagers is like breathing you know mm-hmm. it's it, it it's just they have the only thing that <laughs> bothers me about the younger generation of music is the cookie cutter kind of kind of um singing that's done and that i don't know and i don't know what that does to a young person's brain when there's no diversity okay of music yeah
0: that's another topic that would be good to explore but probably not specific to this podcast yeah yeah (laughs) but it but it's interesting um when you think of that and the connection
1: I went on the side road there.
0: <laughs> no, that's okay. They're perfectly okay. Because, you know, it's, it's all related when you think about
1: mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm.
0: I think sometimes about music played at funerals.
1: Of mm. course,
0: you know, Amazing Grace is always one of the popular ones. My children say that at my funeral or my memorial service, they're going to play Love Shack by the B-52s <gasps> because I do not like that song. Never have, for some reason, never will. For me, it's like nails on a blackboard. Anytime they kind of want to get a reaction out of me, they play Love Shack. And in <laughs> fact, my daughter did it just a week ago. We were talking to Nathan, her older boy, the one that's in the band. Mm-hmm. We were talking to him about some of the songs his band was going to play and what style and everything like that. And we were going through and say, well, how about this one? How about this one? And all of a sudden, Stephanie, my daughter plays Love Shack, and I just, I glared at her. (laughs) But but people, I think, are starting to shift even their focus on funerals, and they're not being as traditional anymore. Mm -hmm. They're doing different things. And sometimes at my husband's funeral, we did play Amazing Grace eventually at the actual service part, but for calling hours, we were going through one of his playlists of oldies. And for so many people that stopped in to pay their respects, they would just all of a sudden listen and smile because it prompted a memory for them. Uh So even at something as serious and traditional as a funeral, calling hours at a funeral home, music can be used to make people smile, to make people engage with each other and to Uh make those memories come back. And I think those are key I know I will grieve Tom for the rest of my life, but every Mm -hmm. time I hear one of the songs that was on one of his playlists, I know I'm going to smile. It's Mm going to remind me of Tom
1: and his love of music.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's just one way. Mm -hmm. Well, sadly, our time is winding down. It always Mm -hmm. does. I've just loved this conversation. I love music, so I love to talk about it. I don't know all the bands. I don't follow them specifically, but -hmm. there are certainly certain songs that for me will always be a part of my own internal playlist, if you will. Not Spotify, no app, it's just in my head. And certain songs, many of them, that will prompt memories and make me smile, whether it's because of my parents or my husband. So, this is the time of the podcast, Greg, where I turn the mic over to our guest and let our guests tell the listeners, without me prompting with questions or interrupting with comments about what's going on for them. I know you've got a podcast coming up Mm -hmm. and I know you have a website and you offer some services. So this is your chance to tell everybody what you're doing in life Mm -hmm. and how they can get in touch with you. Go ahead. Oh,
1: awesome. Thank you so much for the chance to share what I do. So I am a creativity coach. I dub myself as the moody creative because I can be moody. So I'm like gonna, it's part of me owning that part is like bringing that to the, to the Mm -hmm. surface and not being ashamed of it. So, so I have a website called, um, creative visionary incubator, which essentially is revolves around my coaching services, helping people, you know, navigate through fear in order for them to make their dreams come true, regardless of whether or not you're a creative person. And then within that, there's a a podcast on complicating creativity that I will be launching soon. We'll talk about things like mental health challenges and things that stop us from like how we complicate creativity.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we just complicate it by saying, I can't sing. Yes. (laughs) You know, just what's that statement.
1: And you said you can sing in the shower. That's yeah, that's perfect i hear people say well i sing in the shower i'm like well keep doing right like, keep doing that yeah, right
0: yeah <laughs> i can't dance yet you know if they go to jazz your size they're dancing <laughs> sorry you know it's instructed but but you're dancing so
1: uh-huh. you
0: can you can do anything that you want to whether or not you're doing it to be competitive or doing it to earn a living but sometimes just do it because you want to or because Mm -hmm. it makes you smile or brings you Mm -hmm. pleasure or Mm -hmm. comforts you in some way. So all of Greg's information will be posted in our show notes and also on our website as far as contact information, how you can reach out to him. I think it would be fun to work with a creativity coach, especially if you're blocked about something where you can actually say it out loud without fear of judgment And try to figure out a way that maybe you can make that come to pass, how you can work with it and do something creative. Mm -hmm. What could be more fun, right? Mm -hmm. And yes, it could definitely help you with grief. It really can. I think, again, one of the most important things is if it can get you up off the couch, if it can get you out of the house so that you can interact with others, I think you've come a long way in walking your grief journey so that being said unfortunately it's time to sign off hope you come back again next time and listen again to who knows who will be our guest but it's sure to be a good conversation i know greg's going to be back again too because i i have fun talking about music and we're going to work on that concept of a progressive playlist for grief So everyone, take care of yourself. Get up off that couch, dance, sing, listen to music, just move, just get up, take care of yourself in doing that and come back again as we all continue to live and grieve. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.